On today's episode, Nicole Evenoff holds nothing back with us and dives deep into both the happy and the vulnerable parts of what's led her to her wide success. Nicole's work has been featured on People's Magazine and InStyle Magazine, and she even has a mentorship program on how to launch your own photography business. She shares about her romantic love story, what's made her start her podcast, how she became a professional wedding photographer, and she even shares her own struggles that she went through when she was single. Whether it's your first time listening or if you've been listening to all the episodes, thank you for your endless support and downloads. Now let's get right into it. Welcome back, everyone, to the sixth episode of the Part Three Podcast. With me, I have Nicole Evenoff. Nicole, I am so honored to have you part of Part You Play. Um, thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, of course. I'm so honored and so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm everyone's questions that you guys ask, spilling uh, tea, and it's going to just be amazing. I love all the different things that we're going to talk about, and yeah, so get right into it. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. The questions are so deep, and I love that, so I feel like we have a lot of really fun topics to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, Nicole, tell everyone who you are, what you do, and passions are yes so obviously I'm my name's Nicole um I am a wife first and foremost um I live in Los Angeles I'm 32 years old I've been in LA for I think almost seven years now I'm originally from Detroit Michigan and that's where I started my photography business grew it there for five years and then moved it here to LA Um, shortly after I moved to LA, this is like, I'm going to make such a long story short. Um, shortly after I moved to LA, my roommate at the time had invited me to church and it took a couple tries. And then eventually I went, got saved. And, um, the rest is honestly really history. Um, I didn't grow up like a Christian or anything. So I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like a new ish Christian. I've only been a Christian for like five years, which is really crazy. Um, but yeah, I met my husband at our church that we both serve at and we got married in 2020 and it's been the best almost two years of my life. And now we're trying to get pregnant. So there's like so many exciting things in the works, but yeah, that's a little, I guess a little, uh, short little version of my background. Wow. That's so exciting. That gave yes. me chills when you said you met your husband at church and you got married really? in 2020. That's, that's a lot, but like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because obviously like 2020 and everything that went down is like going to be in history books, probably for our children. Mm -hmm. And so we laugh because they're going to be like in history class learning about 2020 and how horrible it was and the pandemic and, and the teacher, I'm just guessing is going to give them like a project, like go home and talk to your parents because they were alive and like in their prime during 2020. And like our kid's going to come back to class and be like, my parents got engaged in 2020 and married in 2020 and started their life together in 2020. And like all these like amazing things that happened in the midst of like a pandemic. So we always think it's kind of a cool part of our story. That's amazing. I love that. And I think um, staying positive throughout that whole pandemic was so important because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people became depressed from obviously not living out their normal day but I'm glad that we got past it yeah yeah so so let's get into how I heard about you and how I heard about the dream check podcast 
Um, yes. Yeah. So I actually saw a reel on Janina McCullough's story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, so I listened to it and I've seen, I know a couple of the people that you um, had on your podcast. I've met Janine and I've met Riley Sewell. They're both mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit more about how that got started. The podcast? Yeah. Yeah, the Dream Check podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is the Dream Check podcast. And it's such a crazy story because honestly, I've always been like, um, really self-conscious about like speaking or like public speaking. I just don't feel like it's like one of my strong suits. And so I'm, when God put it on my heart to start a podcast, I was like, well, what, like why? Because it's not like where I'm most confident and like photography to me is like, I can do that with my eyes closed. Like obviously not literally, but I don't need like a confidence boost or, you know, I'm very secure and confident in like my career and my job. And so when God put this on my heart, um, I was like, wait, why? Like, that's not where I thrive. Like, that's not my, my like sweet spot. And so I like prayed about it for a while and I was like, okay, cool. And you know, a lot at that time of starting the podcast, I was getting a ton of girls like messaging me, asking me all these questions or their stories and asking for advice and, and relationship stuff. And, then I thought about it and it clicked. I'm like, wait, like a lot of times when these girls DM me, I feel like I can't properly answer them in the length that of what I want to say, like just sending a voice note back or sending a message. I'm like, I want to be able to like give them more resources, more information on like the topics that are so near and dear to my heart, which is like dating relationships, sex, like all these topics, like within the Christian community. And like, I'm so passionate about helping women know their worth and, um, to not settle and just to wait faithfully for like the man God has for them. And so if I truly feel like women's ministry is my calling, I feel like having a podcast is such a great platform to start that and to, you know, steward, um, my testimony and like what God has done in my life and how I can best serve others with my story. And so I I finally was sold on it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it, you know? And I have a full-time job. Like I'm very busy at 24 seven. And so that was also intimidating. I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not have time for a podcast, you know? And so I promised myself in the beginning, like if it ever became like a stress point, and something that like brought me anxiety, then I wouldn't do it because I know that it's from God. And I know that if, you know, I I don't want it to be like, Oh, I dread having to go do do this recording. You know, I want it to bring me joy to fulfill me and to fulfill the people listening to it. Cause essentially the podcast isn't for me, it's for others. And so I was driving one day, I'm like praying. I'm like, okay, like what's the name going to be God? Because I, I also am like, I had so many names, they all sounded so cheesy. And so I'm like driving to a shoot to photo shoot. And I'm like praying about it and listening to worship music. And I see this sign on the road and it said speed check. And in the moment I like instantly checked my speed and I'm like, Oh, I'm going, I'm going the speed limit. I'm doing great. And in that moment, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, what if I call it dream check and kind of relating it to that? Like how often are we checking in on our dreams and the desires of our hearts to make sure like we're still walking in alignment with what we feel called to do and what God has for us. And so in the same way, I saw the sign and, and, you know, checked in on my speed, like how often are we checking in on our heart and checking in on our goals and checking in on our dreams and the things that God places inside of us to pursue. And so that's how the name came about dream check. And I really wanted it to be super broad. Like a dream can be anything like 
to be a good mom, to be a good wife, to start the business. Like I think a lot of people think of dreams and they automatically think of career goals. Um, but I've had people on the show who their dream is to get sober and their dream is to, you know, be a good mom. Like I said, there's so many dreams and different facets of where a dream can be in someone's life. And so, yeah, I wanted people to come on that have had big dreams that either they're still pursuing or they're currently living out. And when other people listen to it, they're like, okay, if God can do it for them, they can do it for me. And then obviously sprinkled in, like, it's kind of turning into like the most, like the best performing episodes are the relationship, like topic ones, um, which it's no surprise to me because that's where my passion is. And so I get super like invested in those episodes. Um, but I also think there's such a need for those topics because it's no coincidence that they're the best performing episodes because people want to hear about how they can be better, do better for their future. Like God loves you so much. Of course, he's going to care about who you spend the rest of your life with. And I think so many young people are really trying to learn, like, how do I, how do I properly wait for the guy God has for me? Or how do I be become the best version of myself for the guy God has for me? And so all these topics about relationships, about purity, about dating, like I'm so passionate about. And so I love those episodes on the podcast, but again, I do like, I did set it out to be very broad. Like yeah. I said, a dream can be anything. So yeah, that's kind of like the whole idea behind the podcast. That's amazing um, that you're equipping girls and guys on those mm-hmm. kinds of advice that sometimes churches tend to shy away from because maybe it's not, you know, what's in their plans, but a lot of people need that guidance oh how can I be a better friend how can I be a better boyfriend or potential wife one day and um Mm -hmm. similar thing with um the podcast here the part you play the reason I started it was you know to impact other lives and I've told people who have told me that they want to start a podcast always start it with the intention of wanting to help others um, if you just think about it as, oh, how am I going to make money from this? How, it's not going to, it's going to just lead to a dead end street. Um, so anyone who's listening to this and wants to start a podcast, do it because it's going to help others and it's going to, you're going to, it's going to be so fruitful. So. Yeah. And God will bless it because we were literally created to serve others. And so anytime yeah. we step out and do something for others, I just feel like God always blesses that. And even for me, like my podcast manager, she'll send me like, oh my gosh, your podcast is like above Joel Olstein's in like Australia or something like in the top 30 in the Christian podcast. I'm like, wow, cool. She's like, why are you not celebrating? I'm like, I don't really care about those things. You know, I don't care if one person listens to it or if 30,000 people listen to it for me. I don't like, it doesn't matter. Cause I didn't do it for that. I do it because I just want to like get this information out for people to be encouraged, to be inspired. And same thing with my career, like photography, I never did it for money. I did it because I loved it. And then like the money followed. And I do think like anyone who is wanting to start a podcast, like it takes a while even to start even earning money with podcasts. So like that should even be like in the forefront of your brain. Um, if you have a topic you love and you think people would love to hear about it, start a podcast. There you go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's get into um, the Q&A. Yes. Okay. So tell us about your journey about finding your calling. A lot of people want to hear about your testimony. 
So when I like read that question, I'm like, oh, so a lot of people, I'm a photographer, like that is my career. Um, I do not think it's my calling. And so like I kind of had previously mentioned, I do think that women's ministry is a huge part of my calling. I think being a mom is part of my calling, which I'm not a mom yet, but I know like God's going to use that. And so I think our callings are like a forever like journey. I think they're forever changing. Um, God will like place you in different circumstances, different situations for your calling. And so I think right now my biggest calling is in women's ministry and I'm, I'm still like figuring it out and whether that's the podcast or writing a devotional, um, I think that, yeah, it's just like a, a journey. And I, and like I said before, I think that our calling is always about other people. It's never about ourselves. It's never self-seeking. It's always for others. Um, And so, yeah, my passion and calling for women's ministry really started when I got saved in 2017. Yeah, 2017. And uh, I remember getting saved and I really had no idea what that meant at the time. I just threw my hand up in church and then I was like, I don't know what just happened. I don't know. I, I didn't like consciously just raise my hand. And I remember my friend was with me. I'm like, what just happened? Like, why am I crying? I'm not an emotional person. Um, and then it was just like a journey. Like our, my pastor at the time had said, um, you know, if you commit to church just once a week for a year, I promise you, your life will be changed. And it just really hit me. And I'm like, I could do that. Like once a week on a Sunday, like I could do that. And so I did that all the Sundays I was in town, I was at church and slowly my life started changing. And, you know, I love what they say, like God changes you from the inside out. And so it was like such a heart transformation. And there's a quote that I love. It's like, to think you can love God without being changed by him is to think you can jump in the ocean and not get wet. And so when you love God and when you, when you fully surrender your life to God, like he's going to transform you. You're going to change. And I remember feeling the friction of that at first, because I I still didn't know what it was. Like, I really didn't start walking it out. Like my relationship with God until 2018. And my whole story was like, I was with dating. And I feel like my story was, I was dating all these like really toxic guys, but I had to like, like it had to click in my head that I might be toxic. Like I might be the toxic girl because you are what you attract. And so I'm attracting all these guys, these unhealthy relationships, but it's because I was unhealthy on the inside. And so, you know, they say two broken people equals a broken relationship. One broken person equals a broken relationship. Two whole people equals a whole relationship. And so I went through the journey in the process of becoming whole in Jesus before I started dating And that's when I decided I was going to like do the purity journey because I have had sex with every guy I had dated up until that point. And I got saved and I was 27, 26 or 27. And, um, for me, I'm, I'm not really good with my words when it comes to emotions. And so if I liked a guy, I, I, instead of just telling him I liked him, I would sleep with him. That was like my go-to like frequent one night stander right here, like all the time in college. It was like, I was a disaster. And I remember in college, I had a, like, I was going through such a bad phase that I was like, oh my gosh, well, if none of these guys are going to date me and ask me to be their girlfriend, then I'm just going to start treating them like, like, like they treat me. And so then I just like went crazy and I was sleeping with everyone. I mean, it was so bad. 
And I got to this point of like brokenness. Like I was so broken, so hurt, could not understand why like all these guys, like, for example, I would like hook up with the guy. And then like two weeks later, I'd see on Instagram or Facebook or whatever that he has like a girlfriend. And I'm like, well, why wasn't I an option for the girlfriend? Like we had sex, like, why don't you want to be with me? And it wasn't until, you know, I've had this like encounter with God where, where I realized like I was acting not like a wife. Like I was acting like a side piece. Like if you act like a side piece, you will be treated like a side piece. If you act like a wife, you'll be treated like a wife. And so what are characteristics of a wife? Like a wife is modest. She's gentle. She follows the Lord. She walks with the Lord. She's gentle in spirit. Like I wasn't portraying any of that. I was broken. I was raging on the weekends, getting blackout drunk. I was just foul. Like, and it wasn't good. And so I finally, again, like when I started walking with Jesus, I realized like when he was doing this heart transformation, that it was me the whole time. Like, yeah, these guys were nasty, but like, so was I, you know? So I had to like, start making these changes from the inside out to where I'm, when I started changing, I started attracting guys who reflected who I was at that time. So it was like a slow process of like, I started dating greater guys and greater guys and greater guys. And, um, it's so funny. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I see on TikTok it's so sad. Like all these women, like, Oh, screw guys. And they're all the worst. And he doesn't text me back, call me back all these stuff. It's like, well, when you're acting like a hoe, expect to be treated like one, like, I'm sorry, but like, I can say that because that literally was me and that was my experience. And so when I stopped going out to the bars and getting blackout drunk and partying and wearing certain outfits for attention from men. Like when I stopped doing all that, that's when like the real work in my heart started. And I decided in 2018 that I was going to like not have sex anymore. And it was really difficult. And I remember like, God was just so gracious to me and so patient. Um, in, in the time, the one time that I slipped up, I, I just remember like God allowed that to happen for the revelation that I had when it happened. And for me to like recognize, like it was the first time I had slept with someone and felt convicted and didn't enjoy like the, like, normally it's like a bragging point. Like, Oh, I slept with this guy last night. He was so hot, blah, 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 blah. But like, after this night, I was like, that's not who I want to be in my heart. Like that, like I felt convict conviction for the first time ever as a Christian. And that was like a year into being a Christian. And after that moment, that was it. Like that was the last straw and that I didn't have sex again until I met my husband. And, um, that was like, I'm, I think there's a question about Nico. So I'll wait to share more about him. Um, but anyway, my, I truly feel like my calling for women's ministry, my journey to my calling has a lot to do with my testimony And I think that a lot of people's calling has a lot to do with their testimony because God will use your past for your future. And so I used to look at my past and be like, so ashamed, but now I know that was just like the enemy, but now I'm like, wait, God wants to use this for other women who are in the same boat. And the whole world is in that boat. Like if you are of the world, you are living that way. You are going out, you're getting drunk, you're partying your hook, random hooking, doing hookups. And like, that's just normal in the world. Like it's so normal. And I lived it for 27 years. And so there's so much joy on the other side. And so I'm so passionate about leading women down the path of like, let's become whole in Jesus 
before we go out and start dating and pursuing relationships when we're not in a place to be in relationships because they're just not going to end well. And so that was very long-winded, but that's kind of like my testimony mixed in like with why I feel like my calling is a women's ministry. And I love what you said. God redeems all stories. I have Mm -hmm. a similar story to that. I was very, very, a very little broken girl when I was younger and I started doing a lot of crazy things and God redeemed my story. And now, Mm -hmm. um, I feel called to help um, kids in the middle school age just because I feel like that's mm-hmm. the age where you start to rebel against your parents and mm-hmm. it's also a weird stage of um, you know you're growing and you kind of don't really know what's going on um, and I would have wished to have you know an older sister when I was that age to tell me like hey mm-hmm. don't do this because it's gonna you know so many different things that I wish I would have listened to my mom but I was like no I want to mm-hmm. try it like I want to try- go to this I want to go to this party I yeah I want to get you know I remember being 18 and I, I moved out to go to school and I was like I wanted to go crazy but at the same time I'm so happy that God redeems our story in that way because mm-hmm. I thought that I was too shattered for him and I thought I was too far gone. Um, but if you're listening to this and you think that you're far gone, you're never too far gone for God. Mm-hmm. I love the story of Luke 15. He leaves the 99 to find the one. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what I feel like he did with me. And yeah, so. And that's how I feel too. Yeah. <laughs> If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. I think this kind of like ties back into what I was just saying. It's work on yourself first, because you really want to be the best version of yourself when, when God presents you your future partner. And that doesn't mean we have to be perfect because of course we're, we're human. We're never going to be perfect. We're always going to have stuff to work on. And honestly, once you're in a healthy relationship, let me just say this your imperfections will be even more revealed because when you're in a healthy relationship after never being in one before, like that person becomes a mirror to all your flaws. But when you have a healthy person, that is the mirror. They don't knock you down for your flaws. They build you up and they help you heal through past trauma. And there's, there's so many things that like are just not able to be healed, like in an instance, in a year or during your single season, I truly think a lot of stuff gets healed in healthy relationships. And so if you're listening to this, like, of course you do not have to have every, all your past traumas healed, everything put together. I just mean, know who you are in Jesus and be content in that relationship before you enter into a relationship with someone else, because relationships are messy. And if you're not prepared for the messy as like a healthy version of you, then it's just, it it could be really not good. And so, um, I just recommend, 
you know, finding who you are, knowing your worth, studying the word, spending time with God, and just really getting to love you because you can only love someone at the level that you love yourself. And so if you don't love you, how can you expect to love someone else the way they deserve? And so focus on loving you and spending quality time with God and letting that relationship build, because then he'll ultimately, ultimately open your eyes to even if you don't have a relationship with God, I just feel like I have to say this. If you don't have a relationship with God, you, you're not going to be able to see the person he has for you. If they were standing in front of you, because if the Holy spirit, if, if you're not open to the Holy spirit, God's not going to be able to communicate with you in that way where you'll have that. Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like God just like said, go up to this person. You know what I mean? Like those kind of moments where if you're so closed off to God, there's no way that you'll be open to receiving love from the person he has from you. And so build your relationship with God first. That's going to be number one. And then, and that, and then patiently wait (laughs) much easier said than done. Yeah. And embrace it too. A lot of, Mm -hmm. I feel like in the Christian culture, I was talking about this with my pastor. Um, the Christian culture, it's seen as you have to get married by 22 and have kids by 25 and do all these things. It's like, what's the rush? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, it's nice to be married and everything, but there's something so beautiful in embracing your singleness season when you're able to just do what you love and just wait patiently and trust God's timing. Trust that he knows when, when it's time for that Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, so yeah, just trusting his timing. Yeah. And if you can't be content alone, then you're not ready to be in a relationship. These people that like crave relationships, like they bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship. That's not healthy. That means you have some sort of like trauma or some sort of fear of being alone. And like, God wants you to not fear that because he's with you. And so that's why I say like, build that relationship with God and know that you're actually not alone. Even if like physically you are not in a relationship, like you don't want to rush that, you know? And also like, I was single for five years before I met Nico. I was 29 when I met him and we got married when I was 30. So we got engaged at nine months, married right after we hit a year. Um, and so I also say that to say you can meet your husband literally tomorrow. So like, are you doing everything for you now? Because like, once you enter into a relationship into married marriage, like you are one. So like now every decision you make, you have to make that with someone else. It's like, once you have kids, like everything becomes for the kids and not that you don't get to do anything for yourself anymore, but I can't spend money the way I used to spend money now that I'm married. Like I have someone else to think about. I can't I'm not going out 24 seven and hanging out with my friends. Cause I have a husband I want to spend quality time with. And so I honestly, like, I loved being single. Like I love being alone. I'm very independent. And I remember the night of my wedding, I didn't want anyone staying with me. I just wanted to stay in the hotel by myself. And I just wanted that last night alone by myself. And I was almost like mourning, like my single season, not that like I miss being single or like miss dating. Of course, it was just like, this is the last time it's just me for the rest of my life. And I think we forget how special and like, I don't know, I'm getting emotional. I think we forget how like special and important that season is to like be with just you and God until you have someone else. And so sometimes I tell Nico, like, oh my gosh, like we'll say something like, oh, well, if I, if, if we were single, we could do that, but we're not. So we can't, you know, like silly things like that. 
Um, and so I just say that to say like, you'll never get that season back. And so kind of like the season we're in now, like we're so excited to have babies, but we're also trying to embrace not having babies, um, because we'll never get this back. Like once you have kids, everything changes. And as much as we're so excited to be parents, we're like, "Ah, it's never going to be just the two of us again. And it's kind of like a morning season. So it's like a beautiful, like balance of, you know, who, who you are now and who like you will become and with who, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So how did you start your own business? I'm scared to start, but I want to. Someone asked. Oh gosh. Um, so for me, I was 22, 21 or 22 when I started my photography business and, I actually recorded a podcast yesterday with, um, a friend who is a career coach and she kind of helps people, mostly Christians kind of realize their calling and discern what their calling is and like how they can, you know, go after their, their dream job or their dream business, whatever it is. Um, and I would just, for me, like I graduated college, I knew I did not want to work a nine to five. Um, I was a live-in nanny at the time, um, for my cousin, for their three babies. And I was a live-in nanny for four years, 50 hours a week while I started my business. And I did my business on the weekends at night. Like I was a workaholic. Um, so I think if, if you have a business idea, a dream that you want to start, you just have to do it. Like we, I talked on the podcast yesterday that God can't move unless you move. So you have to like, you have to be in motion for God to be working. And so if you're like, God, I want to start this business, but you're not willing to put in the time, you're not willing to put in the hours, you're not willing to be disciplined. God's just not going to drop your dream career on your front door. Like you have to be working, send the email to the person who has a similar job. And you would love to hear from like, read, start reaching out to people who are in similar careers, someone who can give you advice by the, or by the website domain, get the Instagram handle, like start acting in, in faith for the business. Um, and that's when God can start moving. And I just say like, you just have to take the first step, like take the first step and see what, take the first step. Then God will take a move. Then you take a move. Then God takes a move. And it's like a game of what chess. Yeah. And God will always trump your move. So like God always wins, which I think is great. Um, but yeah, for me, I was young. I was ambitious. I, was willing to put in the time, willing to put in the hours. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like any business takes two to five years to really start seeing an income. So I think people in this day and age, they want instant gratification. So they get super discouraged when they're not seeing a profit right away, or they're not getting a lot of emails for the business, or they're not getting a lot of likes on Instagram. It's like really none of that matters. Like none of that matters. You're doing what you love. And if you're passionate about it and you're willing to go the extra mile for it, the rest will come. So long story short, just take the first step and then watch God take his, and then you go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And something that my pastor once said is that your calling isn't microwavable. Like it is not gonna just never, and you're just gonna find like, it takes, you know, it takes a lot for you to start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it might sound scary starting because you've never done something like that. You've only known mm-hmm. a nine through five. You've only known, how to listen to someone and have someone tell you what to do. But if you Mm -hmm. feel as if God's putting it on your heart and it's impactful for the people around you and for the world, then Mm -hmm. start. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Amen to that. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so next question. Um, okay, so this one is about Nico. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. How to trust that God will bring you a spouse, a.k.a. how did you know Nico was the one? Such a good question. Um, so I was always, I always knew that God had someone special for me because I had gone through that whole journey of like loving myself, figuring out who I am, figuring out who God is. And so I knew God was amazing and he delivered on his promises. And so I'm like, there's no way God's not about to give me my dream, man. Like I just had so much faith in God for that. And And then again, like in that process, just being patient in the waiting. And so when I actually met Nico, I had just gotten over a, like two or three months where God was like, don't go on dates. Like there's, you're in like a two or three month phase where you're not dating. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just was fine with it. And then when I felt like God said, you can start dating again, literally there, it was like, three weeks, I was going on like two to three dates a week. I was having the time of my life. Like I was loving it. And of course, like I'm not being physical or even holding hands or kissing with these guys. So like, it was all such harmless, like getting to know them. They're getting to know me. I'm seeing like, are we a good match? Because I always say that you should treat a first date kind of like a job interview. Like, does this person meet enough of your qualifications to get a second interview? Like, yeah, maybe they're really good looking and like, maybe they have a big Instagram following. Like people care about that these days, apparently, but character wise, are they good enough for you? Like, would God pick them for you for a next date? So I was like kind of treating it like that. And it was so fun. And literally I went on like all these dates and then we had our church conference and I'm literally outside waiting for my Uber between serving. I was doing photography and Nico, um, he served in production at the time. So he was like pretty much running the show for conference and I'm outside between services, like waiting for my Uber to go get lunch. And like, he just like walks out the front door. It's there's no one outside, just him and I, and we like essentially bump into each other. Mind you, he pretty much moved to LA to help build this church. And so he has been serving there forever. And at that point I'd been serving there for two years. And so we're both like team leads. So we've been in meetings with under 30 people before and never noticed each other before. So it was like, God clearly like had the mud in our eyes. So anyway, we're outside and we bump into each other and he's like, Hey, have we met? And I looked at him like, who is this guy? Why are you just like coming up to me like this? And I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, well, I'm Nico. I'm like, I'm Nicole. Good to meet you. And then we like, you know, played a little joke about like our names being so similar. Um, And then I was like, so overwhelmed with like chemistry. Like I was like, what's going on here? Like in my brain, I'm like, why do I feel like I'm about to know you very well? But like, I'm also uncomfortable because of like, I'm so like attracted to you, but it's not just that it's like the chemistry. And so he's like going, going on and on talking to me. And I'm like, you know what? I got to go wait for my Uber. And he was like, aren't you already doing that right now? And I was like, oh yeah, I am. But I'm going to go to the other side of the street and wait for my Uber because I'm kind of bothered by this whole situation in the best way. Cause I was like nervous and I was starting to get like overwhelmed by like the butterflies and stuff. So I literally get in my Uber 
I like instantly look him up on Instagram. I'm like, how do I not know this guy? Like we go to the same church. We've been in meetings together before. We have all of our, we have all the same friends in church, but somehow we've never met. So anyway, long story short, we just kept bumping, bumping into each other that whole conference weekend. Like literally I got back from lunch, bumped into him. He's like, Oh, saw you were stalking me on Instagram after I saw you. Cause I just went and followed him because I'm like, whatever we go to the same church, who cares? But he's very direct. So he's just like calling me out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, dude, seriously. Um, and then, then like our mutual friends started like seeing us like talking like here and there. And they were like, wait, what the heck? How have we never pieced this together before? Like, why have we not introduced them before? Anyway, long story short, we met that weekend. Then yes, I slid into his DMs and then we started DMing. And then that next Sunday, um, we went, we were both serving at church at the same building together. And he asked me out to lunch and then we went to dinner. So we had like two dates. So this is like a week after we met, we had like two dates in one day. And then that week we went on like four or five dates. And then literally he asked me to be his girlfriend the next week. And then we were engaged nine months later. That was such a long story, but, and there's so many more details in between, but what was the original question? (laughs) Something about Nico. How'd I know he was the one? I think in like within all of that, like all the times we talked, the dates, it was his pursuit of me. Um, I never had to question if he liked me or how he felt. He never ignored my calls. He always was the first to call me, first to text me, would always text back right away. He never left me hanging. He always let me know how he felt. And always planning dates, scheduling dates. I didn't have to literally do anything, but just show up. He picked me up, opened the car door, like all these like very old school, like non-traditional things, like non-traditional these days. Um, but it was the way that he pursued me and the way he made me feel like a first choice. Like my whole life, I felt like I was every guy's second choice. Like if the relationship with the other girl didn't work out, then they'd fall back to me. And it was the first time that he made me feel like I was not just a first choice, but the only option. Um, and his pursuit of God, like the way that, you know, cause someone can say, oh, I'm a Christian. I love God, but I'm watching him serve every Sunday at church. Like I'm talking to our pastors, I'm talking to church leaders about him. And they're all like amazing guy, faithful, loves the Lord. Like our, our community is ranting and raving about him. And so if he wasn't who he says he was, they would know, you know, and what God was speaking to me about him, like the things I was journaling that God was saying to me about him, what my friends were saying about him, what everyone was saying about him was just confirming how I felt. And so when he asked me to be his girlfriend, um, he had said, and I wasn't expecting it at all. We were at dinner and he was like, Hey, I want to ask you something. Will you be my girlfriend? Like blah, 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 blah. And I said, yes. And I didn't, I wasn't expecting it at all. Cause we'd only been dating two weeks or hanging out for two weeks, which is like, normally it's like six months. He still hasn't asked you to be his girlfriend, like this whole long winded thing. But I truly believe when a man knows what he wants, he stops at nothing to go after it. Why would he risk you possibly dating or talking to someone else? If he wanted to be with you. 
And so if you're listening to this and you're in like some situationship, I wouldn't even call it a relationship where like the guy always leaves you hanging. You don't know how he feels. You don't even really know if he likes you the amount you like him, which blows my mind that people stay in relationships where you don't even know how he feels about you. He should be telling you daily how he feels. And so I knew Nico was the one because God spoke it to me and Nico was very vocal about his feelings. Even when he asked me to be his girlfriend, the next thing out of his mouth, which was so intense, he was like, so I know I just asked you to be my girlfriend. I don't want to freak you out, but I'm just letting you know my intentions. And so I'm asking you to be my girlfriend. And that means I can see you as my wife and I'm not trying to propose to you. I'm not trying to freak you out, but like, I'm letting you know, I am dating you with intentions of marriage. Like I want to be married. And so this dating phase, he didn't say this, but the dating phase is essentially like, you want to be married. What's, what's the mark? Like, what's the end goal? What are you both aiming at? Cause if you're dating a guy and he doesn't want to be married, then if you want to be married, why are you dating him? You can't change people. Only God can change people. And so that was a long winded answer of how I knew he was the one. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. So, um, how did you get comfortable with sharing your faith on social media? and your social media platform this is a very good question because I feel like a lot yeah. of people shy away from it so yeah I had someone um ask me that recently on Instagram too um in DMs and honestly I remember the first time I posted about God on my Instagram and I was so nervous because I didn't grow up Christian so like and I'm new to LA so like I've been in LA like I don't know maybe six months or or longer Um, so like my family, they're not Christians. They don't know that side of me, my friends from home, like no one that has known me my whole life thinks I'm a Christian. So like in my mind, I'm like, they're going to judge me. This sounds so weird and cringy and cheesy and like, oh, like, and so I'm, and even I was cringed at it a little, but I'm like, this is how I feel. And this is what's happening in my life. And this is who I'm becoming. And so I remember posting it and I was so nervous. And of course, like the outpour of love from like my LA friends and like my Christian friends, but I did probably for the first like six months to a year, like my family gave me so much, like, I don't want to say bullying because that sounds intense with like, Oh, she's this church girl now. Oh, she's too good. She's like all these things like that happened for like a year. Yeah. And you know what? It bugged me for a little bit, but like the more confident I became in who I was and in my faith, the less I cared. And I'm like, yeah, I am that church girl. I like her, you know? And so it just stopped bothering me as much, but if you're in a position where you're struggling to share your faith, like that's the enemy because our mission on earth is literally to go out and spread the good news. And so you are literally doing God's work by sharing your faith on Instagram. And if you think back way back when, like, obviously like God knew Instagram was going to be a thing. And in my mind, he's like, okay, let's, let's have this platform where all my children who love me and know me, what a way to share who I am and my goodness in my ways. And so that's what we're supposed to use our platforms for as Christians. I don't care if you have 20 followers, 200 followers, or 2 million followers, that platform is a place for you to influence and spread his good news. And so for me, I looked at it like that, like, wow, if one person is encouraged by this, I've done, I've done my work. And if no one says anything, then who cares? You know, like, 
the platform at the end of the day is to serve God. And so I try to use mine like that. Um, and if I'm ever in a place where Instagram is like stressing me out and it's like, I'm getting in a comparison season, then I know I'm, I'm using it in the wrong way. Like it's, it's not serving its purpose. And so, yeah, I, I would just say step out in faith and just know that you're doing God's work every time you do. So. That's so good. I, when I first started posting about my faith, I was scared as heck. Like I, mm-hmm. I was more scared of the fact of knowing what other people re- were going to think about me or say about me because yeah. you know, I had been going out and oh my gosh, like all of a sudden she wants to put, like be all goody goody and all these, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like similar thing to what you were saying. But I was like, you know what? Like I know I have to like Jesus changed my life and I know mm-hmm. he can do it for so many other people and there's so much so much brokenness in the world like Mm -hmm. just even like after that you know going out with friends um at like 2 a.m like being at a bar it's like oh my gosh like everyone not everyone but a lot of people Mm -hmm. here are so broken and using alcohol to you know feel nothing and all the and Mm -hmm. hooking up with random guys to feel something and so Mm -hmm. I was like you know what I have to use the platform that God's given me. Um, I think two years ago, um, I had posted this video on TikTok and it blew up and I had been praying for God to give me a platform on TikTok. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be TikTok famous. Like, you know, it was like the was 2020 it. COVID thing. Like, yeah. And so I posted this video and it got 7 million views and I got, oh my gosh. yeah. And it, um, it was this dumb video with me and my best friend, but from that the enemy tried to use that as oh well these people didn't follow you to see christian content so if you post Mm -hmm. christian content they're gonna unfollow you and had me wrapped up in that lie for Mm -hmm. so long and if you're thinking about using your social media or if you haven't posted ever about god and you want to and you're scared of what other people are gonna say just do it because one day mm-hmm. you're going to be face to face with Jesus. And yeah, and that's, that's the moment that I am so excited for. I saw this video on TikTok and it was, um, all the things that happen when you enter heaven. And I just started to cry, to tear up. Oh my knowing gosh. That, knowing, knowing like that I get to hug Jesus and just talk to him. And like, that is what makes me so happy. Like a lot of a lot of things that we the get. The picture out. of that makes me emotional. Right? Doesn't? Oh, my gosh. I, I mm-hmm. literally started to cry. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what he's done for me. Like, I want to help other people know about that. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people have either have a lot of church hurt, have never, you mm-hmm. know, their families have never influenced them or a lot of different things. And another thing um, I was listening to someone say is the enemy isn't telling everyone whether hell or heaven is real anymore he has a lot of this generation wrapped up in oh what's the rush you know Mm -hmm. what's the rush of being christian when you can go live out your life now and in 10 years when you're married you can do all that and Mm -hmm. that's that's something that a lot of us i feel even i was stuck in for quite some time oh like i'll do that in the future oh i can just be i can just plan to be a better Christian when I'm older because that's something that older people do and 
now mm-hmm. like I I'm just so rooted in ha- the goodness of how God has transformed my life for the good and I want to just help people do that mm-hmm. so, yeah it really is fulfilling yeah so fulfilling it's scary but it's fulfilling yeah yeah okay so um your fitness routine how oh god how do you look so amazing while being so busy spill it girl (laughs) oh my gosh this question cracks me up because (laughs) I honestly like I'm not gonna be that person that is like oh my gosh I'm in the gym 24 7 I eat healthy 24 7 that's my reality right now because I was telling you pre-show that I've been having a lot of gut issues for the last month and so I've recently for the last two weeks cut out gluten dairy added sugar um all the good stuff. And so that's a recent diet I'm on, but for a good portion of my life, like I think it's just good genetics. Like I grew up hundred percent Italian. We are eating so much butter, so much red meat, so many things that like my cholesterol is like screaming at me for today. Um, but I don't really have like a regimen. Like I try to go to the gym and I do strength training. Like I'm not like a class girl. Like I do not do cycling. I do not do Pilates. Like I do not do F45, like all these like classes. Like I have tried F45 and I like it. Um, but a couple, probably in 2015, I went through like a two year phase where I ate so clean and like was in the gym squatting. Like I was a gym girl. Like I was a gym girl for sure. Like squatting so heavy. And I feel like those two years got my body to a place where then I was just maintaining it because of those like I hate to say it, but good genetics to where like I can necessarily eat whatever I want and it not really like affect me too much on the outside. On the inside, I'm my <laughs> cholesterol is like an 80 year old's cholesterol. <laughs> so um, I have no secrets for you, but I've been loving being gluten and dairy free. I feel like I feel so much better physically, spiritually, mentally, everything. Um, so I'm excited to kind of keep that up for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, gluten free, like bread I remember once I was at Shake Shack and I was like you know what let me try gluten-free bread and I tried it and it felt like I hadn't eaten anything like I didn't feel like that nasty feeling that you get after eating mm-hmm. a burger of oh my gosh I feel like I need to take a nap or something you know like the you burger's so good oh I'm like I told you before uh, before the show I'm on a juice cleanser now so I haven't ate I've only drank juice for it's supposed to be a two-day cleanse and so I, the food talk is <laughs> making my brain. I should have said that. No, you're all good. <laughs> okay, so, but I'm I'm glad that you're honest about it. Like you're not like you know mm-hmm. feeding the audience lies of oh yeah I work out so totally because a lot of fitness gurus say that, but they've yeah. both like that since they were five years old. So it's mm-hmm. it's hard to you know I would just say eat everything in moderation I studied nutrition for a couple semesters and just everything in moderation don't try to cut something out completely when you've been consuming it for a a year straight do it gradually decrease in what you're eating if you want to stop eating Mm -hmm. fast food limit yourself to once a week and then it can be once a month but don't cut everything out all at once because when you do that you start to crave it way more and you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So then when you consume it, you're overeating. So that's what yeah. I say to that. That's really good. Really good advice. Yeah. So 
how to discern new seasons and how new seasons can shift friendships. I love this question because I am going through this. So what was it? How to discern new seasons and new friendships and how new seasons can shift friendships. Oh Oh my my gosh. gosh. (laughs) I could do a whole episode on this, but I know we're running short on time. Um, I, literally went through this right after I got married. And I feel like honestly, since I've become a Christian, I've gone through like really shifting friend friendships, um, and relationships. But I remember when I first got saved, um, I had like a certain friend group, which I still am friends with most of them. Um, but then there were certain people that were like my party friends and I kind of slowly like stopped hanging out with them. And it was kind of like the food thing you were just saying. I didn't like hard cut them off right away. I just like, instead of going out a couple times a week, I'm like, let's only hang out once a week. And then it slowly like faded. Um, and so I feel like I have gone through a couple different friend seasons and friend groups since I've been in LA. And I think the biggest shift was once Nico and I got into a serious relationship. Um, there was a couple friends that just kind of fell off and I think they were wanting more from me and I wasn't able to give it to them because I'm in my eyes, like I'm with the person I'm going to marry and like, I want to spend my free time with them and I shouldn't be going out to drink and happy hours when I'm in a relationship. And so that was like a, that was really painful. Like one of the most painful things I've experienced since becoming a Christian is losing friends because it's really hard, but I do feel like God places certain people in your life for certain seasons. And just because they were your best friend in one season doesn't mean they're going to be your best friend in another. Sometimes he benches people if they don't, if they're not going to serve where God is taking you. And so after I got married, my two best friends, one of them was my best friend for five years. Um, my first friend in LA and after my wedding, they both fell off planet earth. I'm like, and they were abducted by aliens for all, for all I know, because I never heard from them again. And I, this was two years ago. And it's still something like I'm talking through in therapy because it's so painful that you can be so close with someone. And like, then all of a sudden it's like, you're, they've ghosted you. And I'm like, what happened? Like, is it cause I'm married? And like, I feel like I'm in the healthiest place I've ever been with it, but it was really challenging. Um, and it was like, there was a huge grieving and mourning process of it. And then, you know, I just like had a reality check with God and he's like, listen, these people, and you knew it deep down, we're not going to serve you as a wife. They're not good for you in the season of being a wife. I'm going to place other people, other new fruitful friendships in your life that are going to serve you as a wife. These two, they're not it. That doesn't mean they're gone forever, but for now where you're at with your stage of being a wife, you're not strong enough, maybe in that season to be friends with them. That doesn't make them bad people. That just means for you, they're not good right now. And so I, I forget what pastor said it, but it's like, if you had a cup of water and there was like a a dropper and if someone put a drop of poison in it, just a tiny drop, would you drink it? No, because it's poison. It doesn't matter how much it is. And so I kind of relate that to friendship. So is it like, is once a week so bad? It's like, well, if they're a little poisonous for your season, actually, yeah, it is bad because it doesn't matter if it's a little drop of poison or a full gallon, it's poison no matter what. And so I try to think of different friend seasons like that. Like 
in my eyes and poison is like such an intense word, but that analogy really helps me. Um, like if there's an ounce of them, that's not good for me right now, then I definitely don't want it. Cause I don't want to drink the poison. I want to thrive and be fruitful in my marriage and whatever season God has me in. So that would be like my kind of two cents on that. Yeah. And I would say, don't be too rooted in your friendships. Um, mm-hmm. I was humbled by God at a very young age to not de- rely my happiness on friendships because mm-hmm. people change every day. People, their emotions change, everything changes. And if you're rooted in a person, when that person leaves, what are you going to do? Die? You know, you can't be like, yeah, you can't, like, you have to trust that in every single season, God, like you said, God is going to bring the people that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard. I've lost a lot of best friends that I thought would be standing next to me on my wedding day. And God has, you know, um, showed me why he took them out of my life. And even though it could have taken a year or two to even understand the why, just trusting mm-hmm. that God's plan for your life is just so much greater than what we think or fathom or imagine. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what I would say for that. That's why I didn't have bridesmaids because friends change. I just had my sister stand up because she's in my life forever. So Aww, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's the best formula for pursuing a girl you want to have a Christ-centered relationship with? So... I think like my husband, Nico could probably like write a book on this question. Um, But I think what he would say is make sure you're first pursuing a relationship with God. Cause if you're not right there, if you're not right with that relationship, you're not going to be ready for any other relationship because God's going to be the one that's going to show him how to pursue the woman that you want to marry. So Nico, I mean, there are so many things that we just truly feel God graced us for each other. Like, I was the first girl that Nico never slept with. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't hard for him because he was walking with God. And like, it was from God, like God was giving him the strength to not sleep with me. God was giving him the strength to pursue me in ways he's never pursued any previous girlfriend. And so I think that if you're not pursuing a relationship with God first, you'll never be able to properly pursue a female because if you, again, if you're not aligned with God, if you're not walking with the Holy spirit, then like, you're not going to have that, like that feeling or that knowing of how to do the right things. And so you have to first be walking with God. And then again, like God's going to direct your steps and lead you and guide you and tell you and show you how to like pursue the woman you're supposed to marry. And you'll know. Um, but I think being intentional, I think, um, taking asking her on dates planning the dates being intentional pursuing her never let her question your feelings um and then of course if you're talking you can't talk to other people at the same time so like if you're dating if you're dating to marry then like you're not dating multiple people i feel like that should be a given but i feel like in this day and age you just never know um but yeah i would say walking with god and making sure that relationship is upright first before you can start to pursue a woman yeah, that's so good. And you also, I'm just going to add one little thing. You can't um, be looking for a wife and be acting mm-hmm. like a child, you know, like yeah, dating and sleeping with a bunch of girls. And then that one girl that stands out, you know, isn't giving you the time of day and you're like, what's going on? It's 
you're not, you know, you're not acting like a husband. You're not acting boyfriend yeah. material even. So why would a girl be interested in that? Why would a girl even mm-hmm. take time out of her day to be like, oh, like, let me hear this guy out, you know? So, mm-hmm. well, men are called to be leaders biblically. Yeah. And so if you can't lead yourself well, how can you expect to lead a wife? And in the same way the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Um, you also have to be behaving in a manner that is presentable to a future wife. Like if in the same way, like all these guys weren't wanting to date me, all these great guys, because I, was I wasn't acting, acting like, like a wife. wife. And, and so, so why, why would they? they? Yeah. And so in the same way, like your dream girl, the one God has for you is God's not going to give her to you if you're out acting like a man hoe. you know, it's just like the fact of the matter. So like get, get right with yourself, get right with God. And then you can be in a place to properly pursue a a wife. Amen. Preach it. And then our last question, (laughs) what do the next couple months look like for you and Nico? Do you guys plan on staying in LA? Oh my gosh. Uh, Yes. We are LA forever or unless God says otherwise. Um, so we just moved into our beautiful new house, which we love. Um, and so the next couple months, we are actually going to Italy next month, which I'm so excited about. Um, and then we're hoping to get pregnant in the next couple months. We've already been trying for a couple months. And so just, you know, being patient and like faithfully waiting and knowing that God's timing is, is better than ours. So yeah, the next couple months is just, I think, a waiting season and spending time together and really embracing the time we have before children. So, thank you so much, Nicole. Um, for oh my gosh, us. of course. This has been amazing. I'm so excited to see how your journey is going to look like these next couple months. I'll be praying for all those thank things you. to come to fruition. Yeah, it's been such a joy having you on. Um, yeah, keep being a light to the world. Thank you. It was such an honor. I really, really appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah.